And family goes through amazing times sometimes and difficult times, and it's been a long nine years. I recall when I first started speaking to you, geez, it must have probably been still at CNBC Africa when we were discussing uh, uh, this cooperative that yes. you had and the goal and the dream and objective to actually mm-hmm. open a, a mutual bank. The license has been approved. What does this mean now? Boom, 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 boom. Can I say that again? <laughs> So what this means now is that we are now able to take deposits from the public. Mm -hmm. So what happens when you register a bank, there are two steps to a bank. First, you request authorization to establish a bank. Mm -hmm. So then the Prudential Authority will assess your application and then approve that you establish a bank and give you conditions that you must meet within a period of 12 months. And let's be mindful of this. You don't just wake up and say, this is my idea of opening up a bank. There has to be records, processes that need to be followed. Uh, And of course, some kind of uh, understanding of of capital raising, uh, capital adequacy uh, and the rules and regulations, right? Yes, totally. Look, we started ours in 2014 um, Mm. as a cooperative financial institution, which is regulated under the Cooperatives Bank. Act. So that's where we started and we traded for about two, three years. Uh, we were able to get to a minimum 10 million, which is required to register as a mutual bank. So when we reached that milestone, we were like, boom, 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 boom. we mm-hmm. are ready now to not graduate, but to move to the second phase, which is now the mutual bank. Mm-hmm. So that's how we got to where we are now. It's taken a while because many might remember in 2001, uh, you had announced the intention to apply right, for a mutual bank license. And I understand there was a lot of confusion in terms of the public regarding the deposits uh, that uh, the bank had actually wanted to establish from uh, the public. And this actually led to some regulatory hurdles. Talk us through that so that we can understand how that has been resolved. So that was in 2021. Yes. Uh, We were approved by the 9th of March 2021. We were approved with first phase, which was the 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 approval to establish that mutual bank. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the conditions for us in our interpretation is that we want, in our application, we said we want this bank to belong to the people, Mm -hmm. majority being black young women. So because we are a network coming from the Cooperative Banks Act, right? So we have something that is called a common bond, which then you you have to join and become that part of the closed group. So we went out in the public, as we usually do, invited the public to join the network. When you are now part of the network, you become part of a closed group. Therefore, then you are able to participate in owning shares in the mutual bank. Mm -hmm. The CIPC then investigated us. Uh, Then they had a directive to say, no, actually, you've contravened Section 99 of the Companies Act, Mm -hmm. which in their definition is that that is an initial public offer. We were like, but Mm -hmm. it's not. And this is because of the application at the time. Yes. So bank. because we sent out in the market a prospectus that yes. invited the public to join us, right? They then looked at it and said, this is an IPO. We said, no, it's not an IPO. But because IPO at that criti- Yes. So because we're at a critical time, the Prudential Authority, the Reserve Bank, gave us 12 months to respond to that application. So we had a deadline, this side, which mm-hmm. was the Prudential Authority. For us to challenge the CIPC at the time, that would have meant that would have been in court, which would have delayed our application. That means I would not be sitting here today. Just on that, you're saying if you had challenged the CIPC, does it mean that you... We disagree. We disagree. Oh, you still disagree. We still do. We disagree with the CIPC. That was an initial public offer. Ours is saying we invited the public to join our network. So what this means today is that now that we have been approved as a mutual bank... Google and the listeners, you'd be very happy to know that now we have 
applied to challenge that CIPC directive. Mm. So as I'm talking to you now, that application is sitting with the company's tribunal. So we are now alone, we are going to allow the law to take its process. So we can't get into those details yet because now we are officially challenging that directive to say the CIPC, you were wrong. The CIPC says we were right. So we are now going to allow the company's tribunal to determine if what we did as an initial public offer or not. And maybe just to go back to that, because I do understand at the time as well, there was a lot of confusion as to how this does speak to, uh, again, the public becoming part of the network, as you say, and of course, offering deposits. Uh, Many had actually said that that was in contravention with some of the rules and regulations relating to the application to become a mutual bank. No. So those are two separate um, Mm. processes altogether. Hence, the Prudential Authority, our application of the mutual bank, this did not affect it at all okay. because we applied as a network that gave birth to the CFI mm-hmm. that was now giving birth to the mutual bank. Hence, now we're able to separate the two applications and say to the CIPC, we hear you. Unfortunately for us, we have a deadline on this other side. Mm-hmm. So we are going to abide by that directive. We are going to refund the public, which we did every yes. single cent, uh, that we were able to raise 19 million in a period 19. of three weeks. Yes, that just shows the public interest and in how much we were supported during that time, during that confusion, during COVID, when we didn't know what yeah. was going to happen. But when they came back and said, you have contravened the section, we had no choice but to refund so that we're able to carry on because our end goal was to own the mutual bank which we now own Mm -hmm. so now you have the license uh, you are a mutual bank yes uh i'm assuming you're looking to raise capital again of course right we are waiting for the cipc (laughs) (laughs) we are waiting for the cipc look this mutual bank mutuality the mutual bank is about mutuality and maybe unpack that especially for some of our listeners who might not comprehend so the commercial banks we are a customer we go in we open an account we get out of the door with the mutual banks, you become, as a customer, you buy shares essentially to become a shareholder. Mm-hmm. So that is what the mutuality is about. It's about empowerment, development. We are not just there about profits. That's what the mutual bank is about. So us now um, being in this position, we need to open it up to the public. We need to be, this is the first black woman owned or majority black woman owned in the history of South Africa. Besides the race, this is the first woman-owned bank in the history of South Africa. So we, it's not just about us as the Young Women in Business Network, the shareholders of the CFI. We have to open it up to the public, and that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. So yes, but we are waiting for the CIP, the company's tribunal, to define what we did so that we can now rearrange and look at strat- different strategies of how to raise capital. So that outcome will influence how it is you raise capital. Yes. Are we, you able to give us a figure as to how much you're hoping to raise? We are still stuck with the $5 billion. Mm-hmm. that we said we were going to raise in 2021. We have not moved away from that. Over how long a period of time? Over three years. Okay. So it's not going to be like a one go, <laughs> five billion. <laughs> people. Ah, Mr. Cotton, that is a lot of money in one year. No. So it's going to be over a period of time. Um, the reason we are doing that is because where the country is economically, we need to re- revitalize the country. There needs to be movement in activities. Mm-hmm. So in terms of projects that we need to do, that we need to have it, 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 offer an opportunity and you've always prioritized the development of SMMEs primarily woman owned uh, businesses uh, in order to access capital here talk to us about your potential clientele who they are uh, and the kind of market you're trying to penetrate so our market is simple we we have positioned our business or our bank as a small medium sized uh, banking 
company, right? Mm-hmm. So in that way, is our loans are up to 350,000 rand. So if you have a cash flow problem or you have a small purchase order that you need to fund, you will come to YWBN Mutual Bank. So we are not that bank where you, you're broke and you need money, you know, for as individual loans. Payday we loan. are not yeah. that. Mm-hmm. We are the bank. If you have a business and you have a project, but you lack cash flow, we are the business to go to for business funding. So we are also looking into informal traders. So, you know, people think that when you're in business, you need millions or you need hundreds and hundreds and thousands. No, you might just need 10,000 rand and you don't have a circle of people that can lend you the 10,000 rand. Mm-hmm. So we are positioning ourselves as that bank for our mamas that are sitting at the hawkers. You mm-hmm. know, we are looking at that market. We're looking at the taxi drivers. There are projects that we've put in place to say, how do we fund that market? So that is the market that we're going after. Definitely. If you've just joined us, we are in conversation with Ntabileng Dikotzi, the CEO of the Young Women in Business Network, officially now a mutual bank, having founded its roots as a cooperative financial institution. So as you would know, as she's explained to us the journey, the path, the challenges that they've had to endure, uh, and of course how they too are still looking to continue to progress going forward uh, challenging some of the outcomes from the CIPC if you want to share some of your questions or perhaps have a thought you'd like to share 0636880959 happy to take your whatsapp voice notes and of course we'll uh, address any questions that you might have especially for those of you who are keen to actively participate in the mutual bank going forward Ntabileng, i am so intrigued uh, for you just to give us some more insight into the regulatory hurdles internally because i think this is important for us to highlight it's not every day anybody wakes up and starts a bank. There's uh, a lot of hurdles that you need to endure, understanding uh, the systems and the rules and regulations, and, and maybe give us some context as to some of the technicalities that we as the public are not privy to. So just to give you an insight, the YWBN team, in total, there's about 22 people that have worked on the application, right? Mm. Um, each part of the regulatory requirements requires about three to four individuals that will uh, unpack whatever the prudential authority asks. So it's not a a question of blankets for everybody. So it depends, their questions depends on the application that you put forth. Mm. Um, So in 2017, when we we reached the 10 million mark, we're like, okay, we're exploring now registering as a mutual bank. Um, the first question when we emailed the prudential authorities, if we want to register as a mutual bank, the response was, we are, can't be the referee and the regulator. So we can't be a referee and a player. You need to go to the big four audit firms so that they, they are the ones that have the knowledge in terms That's of true. what takes place in order for you to put an application together. Myself, being myself, I was like, no. You can help me. <laughs> uh, but why is it that we need to go to the big four? Why is it that we can't have new entrants in the market um, mm. that can also, when the Reserve Bank says go to the audit firms, they're also part of that. So what we then did is we put together this team of black professionals and businesses to help us put this application together, hence okay. the 22 people Legal over that expertise, period. accounting, Legal, audit, technology, advisory. risk, payment. It's, <laughs> it is a lot. Oh if goodness. I have to explain to you how many times um, that we had no sleep at all at night because we had to answer these difficult questions at times, tricky questions at times to say, how then do we tackle this? I guess for the most important part where we felt, okay, now this is a bit strange, is now having to justify why, they, why this bank, why you? Mm-hmm. So you have to now 
put yourself out there and say, but this is what the empirical data is saying. Uh, this is what the market is saying. This in is terms what of the, the positioning of saying. black females yes. in South Africa. So what is it that you're going to offer? And what is it? Why, why are you so different? What, you know, all of so in business, they will call it a unique selling proposition. What yes. is your unique selling proposition? So we hear you. You are a black woman owned. So what? Mm. And now we had to answer that. But still, they would say, no, Mr. God, it's still not enough. And we're like, but that's what empirical data is saying. So let me tell you how God works. If we didn't do the 2021 on the bank share scheme drive, mm-hmm. because that tested the market for us. So we're able to go back okay. with Section 13 and say, actually, now this is no longer research. This is facts. Mm. More than 10,000 people subscribed to, to be part of the network. And million. this is what we did. Over 19 million was raised in a period of three weeks. So all of those things, that was now our application for Section 13. When June or October 2021 happened, during that time, it was painful, Google. We went through the most. But that's what God does because we don't know what's coming in the future. So he kind of like prepared us to say, you are going to get burnt. But trust me, this experience that you're going through it is now going to form your application for Section 13. Mm. That is how we're able to say, because we're now able to prove, actually, there is public demand. There is public interest, because it's one of those things that you need to to answer Mm. as part of the mutual. They ask you, is there public interest in what you are proposing? So if if you can't prove there's public interest, then they will not uh, approve your license. So that data and those people that joined in 2021, majority of them being black young women, they are the ones that assisted us to answer the questions and prove our case to the Prudential Authority. My mind is already running to a whole other conversation that definitely needs to be had about how the influence and and, and economic participation of black young women in the economy actually does unlock a lot more capital. But before we get there, something else happened in 2021 Uh or the 2022. You went to Harvard Business School to participate in an executive education course. Talk to us about that. And I think this is critical because there's obviously exposure that you got in that particular space that opened up your mind and uh, I guess enhanced your level of lateral thinking in terms of how best to approach, um, you know, the banking application license in South Africa. Totally. I mean, the biggest challenge for Africans is raising capital. Mm. So for us, hence now we went back to the basics of cooperatives, stock files. Guys, let us come together and raise capital together. What I realized when I was at Harvard, uh, (laughs) because they go through your private equity firms, you're normal, you know, you're venture capitalist. And I was there sitting, I'm like, sir, I'm from Africa. This don't work in Africa. The model that works in Africa is more of uh, the... So I had to explain what... what, Yes, crowdfunding, right? So that's what I had to explain. And I was sitting there and I'm like, this actually for me, shows that Africans are learning the Western ways. That is why it's not working in Africa because those methods, it's not what works for us in Africa. So hence, we have to go back to the drawing book. Mm. I came back so excited. I'm like, guys, <laughs> we have not lost the plot at all right. because the, the, what they were teaching us at Harvard was what works in, in America, you know, in the rest of the world. But here in order for you to get funding from private equities, from venture capitalists, it is a hardball. So that worked for me. It came back 
actually when I was still at Harvard because when I was in class I'll be whatsapping the group I'm like guys this is what I'm learning in class today beautiful <laughs> actually this is what um, now I'm exposed to and obviously now having been at Harvard is the networks that one uh, connects with you know yes. you connect with people that are first class in whatever I mean one of my classmates was number one neurosurgeon in the world mm. so those are kind of networks that one um connects with i know it, during that period there was a time about swiss capital yes. Uh, yes so i was able to say hey we were discussing this in class actually my classmate <laughs> was an executive from so that's what it does and it's important for people to be exposed to be educated in that way and be exposed fr- from the international market's point of view Definitely. And Tabiling, we've got a voice note that I do want us to play uh, from one of our listeners uh, just okay. to gain some insight and hear what they say. This is from the Arab DJ. Ooh, interesting name. Okay. Good evening. My name is Sapositola. Um, I was a shareholder when the bank started. So I wanted to check if I'm going to be given like um, a priority because uh, we still want to invest in this uh, bank. Thank you very much. Okay, the Arab DJ, so he's quite keen and actively <laughs> participated in the previous round. So uh, keen to understand if they'll be prioritized as previous investors who got their refunds. But you explained this a moment ago. But Yes, most definitely. Mm-hmm. There will be. A simple answer is they will be prioritized because those are the people that gave us a thumbs up. Got you. I, I guess in terms of timelines, as you said, you're still you know, going through the PI, CIPC regulations and yes. of course that particular challenge. So this is something that will be communicated later to the market. 100%. Perfect. I want to touch on another example that you allude to when you Uh started this journey. Uh I refer to the picture that you posted on your Instagram. Maybe I'm one of the private followers who actually (laughs) see where the journey started uh, in your uh, uh, apartment uh, and how long this journey has really taken. But you also made reference to a lady called Anne Bowden. Yes. Starling Bank. Yes. Talk to us about her and how you resonate with the story and how you're looking to apply some of her lessons into uh, YWBN. So I watched, um, is it Stephen? He's got a podcast. Stephen Bartlett. Yes. Oh, the, the, yeah, the diary of a CEO. Yes. Absolutely love him. So I watched that and I was in awe. I was like, oh my God, this is a white woman. But she's going through the same things that I'm going through as a black woman. So what does this mean for us actually as women? You know, but I looked at her story and I followed her. She followed me back and I, I DM'd her and I'm like, Miss Anne, Thank you so much for charting the way forward for the rest of us that are upcoming. And this is who I am and this is what I do and this is what I'm looking forward to doing. Because if you listen to her story, you would think that a woman who's from Europe, it would be easier for her to raise capital. Mm. She also struggled to raise capital. I'm intrigued by this theme, Ntabilink, because like, so every time we speak to institutions, and you're right, our experience is different from the narrative that is typically shared. Yeah. It is totally different. And you are like, but when is it going to change? Or what is it that we need to do to change it? Because somebody needs to change it. Something needs to happen to change it. So when, when I, I said to her during that time, the prudential, one of the conditions of the prudential authority was that I need to get a mentor. Mm. Within and banking specifically? Yes, because, okay. within banking specifically. So the, the, the requirement was that the bank itself because we're an upcoming bank, we have to get a mentor bank, which we did, right? Okay. We were able to get that. Are you able to disclose that? No, because that has now... Got you. Yeah. So we were able to get that. Uh, but then I thought to myself, as the incoming CEO, I also need to have a mentor. My direct mentor would have been 
Dr. Semutsonyani, but obviously his home, you know, he's old now. Mm. So I needed somebody who is still in the sector. So I needed somebody I could resonate with. And I did approach a few in South Africa. Mm-hmm. The reception was not good. Mm. Yeah. So I thought, let me get out of the country. You know, we, we always say, even artists and songs, they get you get more recognition outside South Africa than they get uh, locally. I see. So that is what I applied. I was like, actually, let me, when I read her story, I was like, maybe as a woman, <laughs> she will understand my struggles. So when I, when, I, when I reached out to her, then she said to me, I am so busy right now. Please contact me in March. I think it was March or April, something like that. And soon after that, I realized that she was retiring. From, that's why she said, I'm, I'm too busy now. So she was retiring I from see. banking and all of that. So right now, as things stand good, I'm looking for a mentor. <laughs> <laughs> in banking. In banking. There are a number um, of, of, of amazing female powerhouses that we know of in, in financial services. So I'm hoping that uh, a few of them might just listen me. to that conversation. Connect me. <laughs> I am willing to be connected. Again, Indeed. I am very, I don't conform. So the kind of mentor that I'm looking for is I, I'm not looking for a mentor that would say to me, this is not how things are done. Mm-hmm. You will not get things done this way. So I need somebody who would be able to look outside to outside the box when I share my ideas, not to shut it down, but to say, maybe it can work this way. Or have you looked at it in this manner? Because I usually say I am... I can't be treated... I'm, I'm 39 years old now. I'm living in a different world from the other CEOs that have been there for a very long time. I see life in a different um, lens altogether. So I can't be expected to behave like a this CEO that has been in banking for a very long time. Because we are not going to do things the traditional banking way. Yes, we are going to respect the regulations because we are highly regulated and the Prudential Authority is doing a great job, right? They have a great team. But in order for us to change South Africa and for black people or majority women to own the economy of the country, we can't use, we can't do things the same way. It is practically impossible. So the kind of mentor that I'm looking for is the one that would understand that I don't see things or we don't see things. There's the YWBN team the same way, but we will still respect all the regulations and abide by the rules and regulations of the country. 100%. 100%. Ntabe yeah. Leng, we wish you all the best. Uh, it's really been a long journey, uh, but pre- constantly proving to be a fruitful one. And uh, as you say, a fresh perspective that's being brought to the table, naturally in a very intriguing and difficult sector, uh, which does have its own ways and systems of doing things. But uh, from time to time, you know, we do need to ex- accept that uh, change is part of the inevitable. One last one to close off with. Okay. Trust. Yes. Uh, funny enough, I've been, as you know, I work with a number of financial services institutions and uh, trust is often the key word that is highlighted uh, yes. to make sure that you're able to, to tap into the market that you'd like to explore. How are you looking to build trust with the audience, especially those perhaps who might have had many different questions back in 2001? How are you shifting that now? Totally. I mean, that is why the minute we were notified that we got the license, the first response was, Yay! Now we have to go back to the CIPC. Mm. <laughs> that was our first response. Because we've always said the reputational damage mm. that was caused during that time. The, I can't wait for the public to meet the YWBN team. Ethical, integrity, compassionate, 
people that you will ever find. So for us to go through that period and our and us being questioned and and uh, mistrusted that way, we have to go back. For us, it is critically important to end that trust and build that trust. So right now, as things stand, that's what we're going to work towards and rebuilding that trust with our people. Google, a lot has happened in the in the banking sector. We have VBS. And each time mm, that we talk about YWBA, there's also a VBS issue. No, but there's, there was a black bank. There was a VBS that happened. So that whole narrative also to say black people can't manage banks. Look at African Bank. It happened. What happened to African Bank? It was owned by black people. Where is it now? When we were still busy talking about African Bank, VBS happened. And now there was, oh, what happened to VBS? Now, every conversation that we had, we were always compared to VBS. Mm. And we always said, but we are not VBS. But why are you? Co- but we carry that burden of VBS. Mm. I remember we wrote to the Reserve Bank and we said, please issue a statement saying we are not VBS. <laughs> because of the confusion of mutual and the yes. association with it being a black owned institution. It was like that all the time. So for us, it is important yeah. to say we are the generation that must trust each other. We are the generation that must work together. There is no any other solution. Black people must understand the only way for us out of poverty and for us to prosper, it is to work together. There is no any other solution than that one. Hundred percent. And Tabuleng, such a pleasure having you this evening. Quick one that's come through on Twitter. Uh, Marco is actually asking, will the bank uh, evolve into a commercial bank at some point? Ah, Marco, you know you're going to put me in trouble. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Perfect. We'll leave it there. <laughs> Let's we'll take the first deposit first. <laughs> exactly. Tabuleng, such a pleasure seeing you and speaking to you today. Thank truly, you truly much. admire your grit, your resilience, uh, and of course, long may this growth last uh, as the evolution to continue to empower uh, many more South Africans and actively drive sustainable transformation does take place. Such Thank a pleasure you so having you. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.